Well, got a bunch of NFL this weekend. Saturday games, in addition to your usual Sunday. 875-KTGR if you want to call or text us about it. We'll get to our thoughts on Chiefs-Patriots at 5.05. But let's get the thoughts of Rob Vino of wagertalk.com for the betting angles on this NFL slate. You can find him on Twitter at Rob Vino Sports and go to wagertalk.com to read all their great info. Robbie, what's up? I am good today, Andy. How are you, buddy? Hey, doing good. Ready for this uh, interesting NFL weekend uh, with games uh, moved around, of course, to Saturday. But I, I wonder uh, about the the Chiefs game first. I mean, they opened as big favorites. It's kind of been bet down a little bit to uh, a point spread of around eight, eight and a half in some places. Uh, so it seems that some folks are maybe taking the Patriots at home a little bit, at least to cover the spread. Uh, but I wonder how you kind of view the the last Chiefs game and how it might affect your evaluation of what might be coming for the Chiefs after back-to-back losses. Well, you know, knowing the leadership of the Chiefs, I would expect a really good performance, to tell you the truth. Um, I think the number drops for a lot of reasons here because people haven't seen enough out of Kansas City's offense to warrant being a 10.5-point favorite, which is what the opener were, so they bet it down to. It's still above a touchdown, I think, 8, 8.5 when I last checked. Um, and then, of course, you're coming to uh, Foxborough, Massachusetts, which isn't always the most accommodating spot weather-wise. However, on Sunday, weather should be pretty good for that particular game. It doesn't start raining um, until later in the afternoon. It's going to be light rain, and Again, I think I said this last week, guys. It's not like KC is adverse to cold or rainy weather conditions, so I don't know that that has as much of an effect as maybe some of the money that's been bet on the Patriots thinks it does. Uh, you know, we all know the situation that happened the other night. Uh, I just think that Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, again, the leadership, it starts at the top with Andy Reid, is good enough to get things right here. I don't know if the offense is ever going to look like what we – you know, once knew it to be. However, a couple of key plays here or there, and their numbers wouldn't really be that bad. So let's see if they can't straighten things out. If I were to play the game, I would only be on Kansas City. I wouldn't really be on New England. I wouldn't take last week's effort against the Steelers as any turning of the corner where the Patriots are concerned. Yeah, it didn't seem uh, like that was uh, one of their turning points either. And, again, it's still... Bailey Zappi slash Mac Jones on the other side. So it's mm-hmm. hard to maybe uh, back yourself there. But yeah, that, that, that seems like the right way to go. Uh, I wonder, uh, one of the lines that, uh, that was pretty interesting to me is how this has looked for, for the Cowboys and the Bills coming up in the late afternoon window. Not often that you see a way that a team like Dallas has been playing recently, not often to see them at this point in the season underdogs by maybe a point or two going on the road now it is buffalo i mean buffalo had a great win last week against kansas city of course and are still in the playoff hunt but how how did this get there for dallas because man they've looked like uh last two months i think the best team in the nfl yeah and it, it, it is the nfl right and it's all so situational and i think if you're um looking at the buffalo side you've already heard from josh allen that the playoffs have started for them. They're already in playoff mode. So you know, at least if you go up and play Buffalo and lay the two points, you know you're going to get 60 minutes of motivated and focused football. With Dallas, 
Maybe, you know, and again, 100% focus I don't think can be expected out of them this week after the game that they had last week inside the division against Philadelphia. That game was in their terms, I think, for for lack of a better term, all the marbles, right? If they had lost that game, there was no shot at winning a division. The tiebreakers would have all fallen by the wayside. But now they put themselves in really good position and dropped Philly to the number five seed. So I don't know that you go on the road into a venue like this against a team with this type of mindset and ability and have the same focus and intensity that they had for Philadelphia the other night. So any, any drop in that level, I think Andy hurts Dallas. And this game is under a field goal. Um, Buffalo's been really whacked around by defensive injuries. And to me, it leaves the total wide open here as maybe as good a play, if not better than Buffalo. The number is 50 in this game. Um, Dallas, if nothing else, is capable of scoring against a beat up Buffalo defense, and I think Josh Allen and company do enough against that Dallas defense, which known for its pass rush, but Josh Allen's known for escaping pass rushes and making big plays. So I think both of those could be good looks here. Buffalo minus two and over the 50 points. Love to hear that, Robbie, and I, I know you love talking totals, so I want to ask you about another total from this NFL slate. I'm interested in the way you expect the Lions defense to perform given the struggles that they have had lately, 26-plus points allowed in each of their last five games, welcoming Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos to town. This game's in the Dome. Looks like the total is up in the the upper 40s area. How do you see this one playing out from a total perspective? Yeah, I got there early, Brendan. I got there at 47. Um, These numbers as you climb, and especially 47 and 48, when you climb that upper 40s ladder become really crucial when you get in and when you kind of pause and say, you know, do I still have wiggle room to get in? And 48 is kind of that number, right? The 27-21, the 28-20, the 31-17, 34-14. There's a whole bunch of them that land on 48. So I'm thankful to have gotten in at the 47 mark. Still, all that being said, to answer the first part of your question, I don't think Detroit's defense is really capable of – getting better. I mean, I was surprised that they played as well as they did to start the season. Biggest problem, um, not breaking any news here, but the pass rush, despite the fact that they have Aiden Hutchinson, is not really that good. And Denver's offense, through the course of time now, maybe five, six weeks, has found some footing. They found a number one in Cortland Sutton. They found a 1A in Jerry Judy, and things seem to be rolling pretty well under the direction of Russell Wilson. They can run the football, too. So I still think it's going to be a high-scoring game. If I were to give advice on this one, I would say you probably still have some room to play over because, to me, this game lands more in the 27-23, 27-24 range, which gives you 50-51 and still gives you that opportunity to get up and over. Um, Denver's defense has been good, but that Lions offense, is really good, and um, I, I don't know if Denver can survive that offense for four quarters. I think plus four and a half might be a good look, though, because it's such an important game for both teams, and I don't trust Detroit at this time to lay anything more than a field goal. Denver's played with a lot of uh, spirit and intensity, so plus four and a half, if you're looking at side, might be good with the Broncos. Rob Vino of wagertalk.com, sports from a Vegas perspective here on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. You know, the 
The primetime games are really intriguing to me, Robbie. You have a uh, a road favorite in, in both of them, in Baltimore and Philadelphia, uh, having to go on the road facing what might be tough places to go and play, at least. I mean, Jacksonville, uh, up and down, of course, the injury to, to Trevor Lawrence, but he did play the last time out, so we'll see if he looks a little bit better. And then Seattle, uh, kind of going the wrong direction at the moment, but still can uh, can probably surprise a team or two that's looking at uh, a chance to get a win. But uh, I wonder, out of those two road favorites in the primetime games, who you maybe like a little bit more, uh, because they're both about field goal favorites or so. Yeah, I, I would put it another way and just say that I like Baltimore least. Uh, I think Jacksonville's in a really good spot here. And again, we're just, we're at that crossroads last four games of this season where it's kind of make or break in a lot of these instances for teams and for Jacksonville. I think it's a real important one um, as far as records and standings and tiebreakers and all that other stuff is concerned, a little bit more important than it is to Baltimore. And certainly, um, Jacksonville at home in a Sunday night game, you would expect the home atmosphere to help them a little bit. But plus three to me with Jacksonville, and I would just start that real quick, guys, by saying Jacksonville's defense, when right, and it's mostly right, um, is comparable to that of Baltimore's. Baltimore is so sporadic to me in their performances. I know they receive a lot of attention, a lot of praise, They've got a great record, but they don't always perform up to expectations. And taking this act on the road here, I'm not so sure against a motivated Jacksonville team that that works. The other game, I definitely looked right beyond the side itself. Philadelphia's got issues. and They've got major issues at this point in time. They start mostly on the defensive end, but I think just living out here um, on the outskirts of Philly and getting all the local coverage and whatnot um you know Jalen Hurts and the fact that they don't run him the way that they used to run him last year and I know we've heard a lot about well Sirianni needs to run the ball more the the fans in Philadelphia actually stormed the gates and went after their practice complex with ticket signs and whatnot saying that they should run the ball more but I think inside of that it's much more the RPO stuff and and having Jalen Hurts run I don't know if it's injury or not they really won't confirm why they don't use him as much, but it's hindering the offense. Here, though, that offense could explode against the Seattle back seven, uh, passing-wise. So I I went right past the side here, went right to the total. It's the same number, um, Brendan, real quick here, as what we were just talking about with Detroit and Denver, 47-and-a-half. Some 48s, but you can still get 47-and-a-half, and I just think that they'll get into the 50s in that game. Um Seattle should exploit Philly's back seven, which has been miserable. Again, when you're picking up Shaquille Leonard, um, Indianapolis's scraps on the defensive side, uh, that that just goes to show where you're at. And, boy, Dallas exploited it right after San Francisco. I think Geno Smith and company will do the same. So, to me, the total in that game, as long as it's not a total weather mess in Seattle on Monday night, I think that goes over. Rob Vino of WagerTalk.com with us on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. So some really interesting NFL games this weekend to potentially take part in your jurisdiction of legality. I wonder how you, uh, because we've got the bowl games coming up too, the first crop this weekend. Uh, Just generally speaking, because these are the, the teams that we... 
at least the general public doesn't know as much about. And so if they're trying to find some sort of edge, uh, I I wonder just generally speaking how you sort of treat uh, these early bowl games and and what you kind of look for when these two teams, or really these teams, uh, just start to match up with each other. Well, we treat them way differently than we did, say, six to eight years ago, Andy, because nowadays if you don't know these teams going in, then you'll know them even less in these games because the transfer portal and the opt-out list is just insane. And for guys like me, um, it used to be these bowl games were made up of mostly, or let's just say better than 50% early bowl games were large favorites over, you know, huge underdogs. And, you know, motivation was key. Uh, Large favorites didn't want to be there. Uh, Big dogs did want to be there. And so you could find yourself a lot of upsets. Now we've got some closer uh, numbers here. I think everything tomorrow is less than a touchdown. But there's, I mean, there's personnel issues in almost every single one of those games that you have to weed through and assess how meaningful or how meaningless they are. I think real quick here, a couple that stood out to me. Uh, UCLA, Boise State, I took under 48 and a half points. The Boise State quarterback situation is just, uh, you know, beyond um, wet behind the ears, right? I, I mean, Taylor Green leaves, transfers to Arkansas. He was a major reason why Boise picked it up at the end of the year. They've got those two great running backs, uh, George Halani and Ashton Genty, and that's all they're left with now. The wide receiving core is basically gone. The skeleton crew, the quarterback situation, like I say, they don't have a pass attempt between them. The two guys competing for the job here uh, tomorrow. UCLA's got a great run defense, and that's really all Boise can do. So I don't see them scoring much. And, of course, UCLA's got their own issues. Their quarterback hit the portal. They're a little bit better off with Ethan Garbers, Garbers at quarterback than the other side is, but they lost receiving help. Their number one back hasn't been at practice all week long. So Carson Steele issues I played under. And then real quickly, um, and another one that I thought stuck out right away, I was surprised Miami of Ohio. They just won the MAC uh, championship game. Appalachian State just lost the Sunbelt championship game. Certainly motivation for both sides, but I think more on the Appalachian side. And again, Miami of Ohio, a team that won that championship game with a backup quarterback who carried the ball 21 times for 99 yards and had a 50-yard run that kind of helped them win that one, 23 to 14. It's an offensive, um, <laughs> a stagnant offensive team to say the least. And now they're in a quarterback situation, as is Boise, where they just don't have anybody who's got any experience. So Appalachian State should win that game by more than six and a half. Those were two that stuck out to me right off the bat. Appalachian minus six and a half and UCLA Boise under the number of 48 now. Very good. So uh that's uh what what you might be able to expect for uh for bowl season as it starts uh this weekend. Is there a free pick that you like this weekend uh outside of those that you want to make folks happy with too? You know, if you don't mind, we'll go back to bowl games tomorrow. I mean, they hit us with six right off the bat, right? Yeah. So why not go ahead and you know, folks will be watching them uh throughout the holiday season. I'll go right back to it, though, and I had a play on Cal and Texas Tech. Again, I won't go through all the portal and opt-out stuff, but it's prevalent here. Um, A lot of it less meaningful than early line movements would have made you think. But 
you know, usually when you play this game, guys, the Independence Bowl in Shreveport, Louisiana, I've been watching it for uh, probably too many years. But the weather is always an issue. It's always mud and rain down there. And the weather's really clear here for two teams that run air raid offenses and a total that was listed at 57 as of last night. Played it over. I think it's a high-scoring game. Um, the defensive coordinator lost for Cal. Probably doesn't hurt. Or excuse me, offensive coordinator loss may not hurt as much here. Jake Spavitol left for Baylor. But I do think both of these offenses are the best units on the field in this particular game. And they match up well fundamentally with what they can do well against what the other team's weakness is. So without saying any more on this game, I will tell you California-Texas Tech is a game I played up in over 57. And I'm looking right now as I'm talking to you guys, and I see this thing bumped up to 58 as we speak. So now if you get it, you're playing over 58. All right, so uh, we'll see. Uh, over in the Independence Bowl, that could be uh, something to look out for. As Rob Vino joins us here on the Big Show KTGR. Thanks, Robbie, for joining us as always. Uh, again, at Rob Vino Sports on Twitter to go and see his stuff. Thanks for coming on. Enjoy the weekend of, of all the football, and uh, we'll talk again soon. All right, Andy. My pleasure, buddy. You guys have a good weekend.